Welcome to another episode of Eat, Chit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me as always is John D. Hi. She's not, she's not here. She's a ghost. She's dead. She's in the, the ghost world because she's... I'm in my house that's in a different town, but whatever. So um, this week, we're talking about boats. Yeah, I'm on a boat featuring T-Pain. Uh, so I assume T-Pain is like a rapper or something? Yeah, he's on TikTok. Okay. Well, I only recently learned what TikTok was, yeah. so it's, I'm old. It's crappy Vine. Uh, well, I didn't know what Vine was until it was already on the, on its way out, so Great. I'm just old. Great. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're just going to jump right in there and talk about being on boats. Yes, please. First game we're going to talk about is Dragon Boats. This is from Maple Games, and... Uh, we may or may not have picked this entire episode because I wanted to play this particular game. You decide. So anyway, Dragon Boats is kind of a set collection area control game um, set in, I don't know, mythological China? Yeah, it's some, yes? some faraway land that no one has ever heard of called China. It's like a mythological island um, where... The Middle Kingdom. Basically... Yes, because I couldn't pronounce the Chinese word. So we'll just call it the Middle Kingdom. It's an island. Uh, you have to get your farmers into like the, the islands around the island or the land around the island in order to claim farms or to go through the mountain path to claim wisdom. And basically the what you're doing with that is you're getting points for the amount of meeples of your color that you have together in the different areas. And then you're also getting points as kind of point salady in the fact that you are going to get points for different things that you've done in the game, like different sets that you've collected. Um, there are cards that you can get that can make those sets worth more. So that's the basic gist. And the game is super cool because you have these really cool 3D dragon boats that you get to move around like an inch. Uh, yeah, they're really, they're not necessary at all. Um, no, but they're super cool. They also are kind of a pain in the butt to put together. A little bit, but I mean, that's kind of the the way it is with any game that has like a 3D component like that. It's always a pain to put together and you just hope that all of them will stay together. All but one of these did. So I don't one know. of them's going to have to get glued. You you say that all games like this, but uh, there's another game on our list where the boats uh, the, are also 3D and they went together and they stayed together and they were great and they were amazing and no one complained about them. Okay. Most games that have a component like this can prove to be a little challenging. Right. So in Dragon Boats of the Four Seas, um, yes, like Johnny said, you you're doing set collection, you're moving meeples around. Um, the the main way you have to do uh, to do that, um, you have to do. There's like an auction phase. That's not really an auction phase. Um, it's just kind well, of they like, call it a bidding phase, but yeah. it's not really bidding either. Basically, you're just it's almost worker placement. -y. Like you're placing your dude where you want to be able to do whatever it is in the market. So you're placing your dude there so you can do the thing. So it's almost a worker placement element. Not quite, but, you know, in that neighborhood. Yeah, it's a little strange. Um, but basically, yeah, you're claiming some offerings is what they called them. And then you can trade in the offerings to get on a boat. And then when you're on the boat and the boat has reached its capacity, it moves to the land and then you can claim areas in the land. Yes. Or I guess, yeah, you can not get on the boat and you can go up the mountain to get a uh, bonus Wisdom. scoring. Mm -hmm. Which there's a lot of really cool bonus scoring. Like 
uh, a lot of things that are available that we didn't necessarily have in the game because it keeps the game replayable because there's different uh, tiles that you'll pull into the game depending on what you're playing. Uh, the, the, the wisdom tiles or the wisdom things like through the mountain path, most of them like gave you extra points for things that you were doing with your workers out in the farming area. But there were quite a few that, that gained you points based on things that had nothing to do with that. And I had this idea at the beginning of the game that I was going to pretty much go all in on mount on the mountain path. And that was going to be a little bit more challenging because it cost more workers or it cost more offerings to even go on the mountain path than it did to like go out on a boat. Generally it costs like one to two, ele- one to two offerings to go out into like out on a boat to claim farms. But if you wanted to go through the mountain pass, it was three offerings to do that. And I had this great idea that I was going to go mostly in on the mountain pass, but then I kind of bulked about halfway through and decided I needed to try to play catch up with the farming area. And that did not go well for me. At all. No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> so no. let this be a lesson in what not to do when you play a game like this. If you decide you're going to go in for a strategy, just go all in, even if you don't think it's working, because it's probably going to work even less if you change your strategy halfway through the game. Yeah, yeah, you didn't, um, you didn't, you didn't do great on this. Um, I did not. Yeah, because you really, and it's not even that you need to focus on one thing, because that's not what you need to do. But you, you need to at least focus on something. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm not which sure was that my you did. problem. Well, because I started out that way, and I probably would have been fine had I done that, but I didn't. I started trying to throw everything to the wall and see what stuck, and that was super bad way to go. But that's all right. Uh, it was fun. I want to play again. I know things that I'll do differently next time. So this is a game I think will definitely make it to my table again. Yeah, I don't know. I did not. It's not that I didn't like it. I I definitely liked it. I definitely enjoyed uh, what was happening. But I remember there was a lot of hype surrounding this game back when it was on Kickstarter. And I'm not sure that I felt that that hype was uh, an experience that I was having. Like, I. I didn't hate the game. I liked the game, but I thought it was going to be something a lot more than what it turned out to be. That's fair. I mean, did you watch the video on the Kickstarter and read the rules and stuff? Yeah, but reading a rule book in a vacuum doesn't give you a good idea of how a game feels. That's fair. I I liked it. I didn't it wasn't too complicated for what it was. It didn't last too long for what it was. I think if it had been a longer game it would not have been nearly as good of an experience. No, so it took it about was an good, hour. Yeah, and that that was with us learning it. So yeah. the game is a good length. It's really pretty on the table. And like I said, I mean I'll definitely play it again. It's not gonna go on like my top ten games of all time or anything. But it's definitely one that is going to stay in my collection because I think I will play it again. Now, I want to say something real negative about uh, some some of the color choices here that that go go right ahead. All right. So there are player colors. There's blue, orange, pink and almost the exact same shade pink, purple. Yes. 
It was kind of hard to differentiate between especially the pink and the purple. Yeah, they were very similar, especially in... We and it's not like we played in the dark. I can't imagine. Like I, I feel like the the area that we played in was pretty well lit, and they were still mm-hmm. very similar in color. Now, if you have them right next to each other, sure you can tell the difference. But if you're looking across the board and you're like, "All right, I've got a farmer on that square." Oh wait, no, I don't. That's the other color. Yeah, I would agree. So I don't know. Maybe instead of pink. It should have been green or something like that. Yeah, why wasn't there a green? That was, like, every game has a green. So, I don't know. But if that's the worst thing that I can say about the game, I guess that's not too terrible. <laughs> that's true. And, well, and I like we had the quote-unquote expansion. It I was, wasn't really an expansion. It was just uh, in-box additional cards that weren't in the original, like, weren't originally in the game or something. Yeah, it was the Kickstarter um, deluxe stuff. Yeah. So I wouldn't really call it an expansion. It just added other cards to make the game a lot more replayable. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's Dragon Boats of the Four Seas from Maple Games. Let's talk about Mississippi Queen from Super Meeple. It's a reprint of a game from a company that I don't remember. I looked it up earlier, and I don't have it in front of me anymore. Oopsie. Well, while you're looking that up, I just should point out that yes, we did indeed listen to the song while we played. Wait, I'm confused. Hold on. Rio Grande printed it in 97, I guess. Anyway, it's just a straight up reprint of a game from the 90s. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. You decide. But we had fun. It, I mean, I didn't dislike it. It was probably like lower on my list from this particular set of games as far as which ones I liked and which ones I didn't. I didn't dislike this game. Um, It just didn't feel... The thing that made this game special wasn't the game itself. It was the components. Right. So it is a racing pick-up-and-deliver game where you are uh, traveling down the Mississippi River, I guess. Uh, (laughs) um, You have to pick up passengers along the way. Um, You have these they're they're not 3d printed jeremy was very upset about that i don't know why um but you have these little plastic river boats and they have two river boat wheels one controls your speed the other one controls how much coal you have because these are coal burning ships um so you have to like manage your coal supply and your acceleration as you move down the river and pick up uh passengers in, in well, a race and we to should the point end. out that you're not just traveling down the river. You're traveling down the river in a paddle boat. Uh-huh. So the components are really cool in the fact that you've got like these little, um, I don't know, the hexagonal type dice that sit down on either side in your boat. And they're like the wheels on the boat. Go round and round. It, yes. <laughs> And you turn them to, to to show like what your speed is in any turn or how much coal you have because you have to spend coal to speed up or slow down, which I thought was a really cool aspect of this game. Um, now, it looks it looks to me like pretty much all that they did is they repackaged the original game with the expansion. Um, and uh, seeing as you cannot get those anymore, I think that seems like a pretty good deal. Um, okay, so here, here's how the, I guess here's how it works, right? So we've all played 
racing games before, right? Uh, I'm generalizing and making assumptions. Um, but the idea here is that you want to be the first person to pick up two passengers and get to the end of the river. Now, I have seen the Mississippi River many times in my life, and I don't understand w- w- what this game is, but that's okay. Because, <laughs> like, there's, you have, like, race to the end of the Mississippi River. There's a dock there, and you unload your passengers. What? 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 Um, also, every time you play this game, the river's going to be different because when you move forward to advance into the next tile, you have to roll a die, and it tells you which direction to put the next tile so that the road, th- the, the river, like, twists and turns. But I'm real confused about that as well, because, again, I've been to the Mississippi River and it's not that I've memorized it. But if you're a riverboat captain, you would think that, you know, like, oh, the river turns left up ahead. But, oh, I've rolled the die and actually it turns right. So now I'm on the wrong side of the river and, oh, no, there's an island in the way and I have to manage my coal and manage my speed or I'll crash and die. I have a lot of fun playing this. Well, I have like the best picture of you of all time because you did something super mean to Jeremy and you just were so tickled by what you did. It was great. Um, Yes, because you can crash into other boats and push them out of the way and also maneuver yourself to block other boats. And why wouldn't you do that? Tell me one reason right now that you wouldn't get in someone else's way and go, oh, oh, no, sorry. Am I in your way? You're going to have to push me out of the way and use your movement speed to help me move further along. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I I liked that aspect. That it's not necessarily a game where you're trying to be mean, but it definitely has that aspect because you want to win and you're going to try to block the other boats and and you know that is just an aspect of the game. It's not necessarily like a backstabby game. It's just part of it. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's a take that style game. Uh, we do have one of those on uh, on this episode that we'll be talking about shortly, but this one is definitely not a take that. It's more of a oh, I'm sorry, did I block you? Hmm. Oh, oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, us being us, we probably got a little mean on purpose because we are who we are. Right. But it was it was a fun game. And I thought that the the components made it kind of made it fairly unique. And I, I liked that. I don't know that this is one that I would play a lot. So I'm okay with the fact that I don't have it in my collection. But you know, it was fun. It was interesting. It did some cool stuff that I hadn't seen in other racing games. So. Oh, like what? Like being on well, a boat? Like, uh-huh. More like, like the way you determined who is first. Oh, like yeah. When we first started, when we first started looking at the game, we we're like, why would you, they have a little measuring stick. And we were like, why would you need that? You just look and you know who's first. But it's a little bit more tricky than that. Uh, because it has to do with like what direction your your boat is facing. And you have to like. And what direction the river is going. Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of like factors that would help determine who was in first place that I felt like made the game a little bit more challenging. Uh, and I felt like it's, it's a little bit frustrating. Um, <laughs> when you're an adult, you can't figure out if your boat's winning a race? Well, it's it's not even that. I mean, some of the ways that they determined who was first, like, okay, if you have the highest speed and you're like an equal distant Sure, fine, you're faster. But it coming down to who's on the right-hand corner of the turn, even if the turn's the wrong turn, I don't I don't know what that's all about. Well, I mean, eventually if if you have two boats that are in the, you know, the equidistant hex, same speed, same everything, there's got to be something to break that tie. I guess so. Like mechanically, you can't just go, "Well, you guys are both 
going first. You could, but that wouldn't. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose you could. It wouldn't really work very well. <laughs> it would not well, work. So. Anyway, that's Mississippi Queen uh, by, I guess, originally Rio Grande. Yes, but published now by Super Meeple. Check it out. It's available on Amazon, I'm sure. Also, while you're checking things out on websites, you should check out our website that you definitely go to all the time. And you should follow us on all of the social media platforms that we have. And also go to Discord that we have. How was that, Johnny? Was that under 30 seconds? Yes, it was great. And you can buy Eat Shit and Dice swag, too, because we have such a cool logo. Yeah. So thank you to those of you that have purchased T-shirts. We get excited to know people are wearing our T-shirts. Moving on to the next game would be the Backscot Stabby game, that the aforementioned Backstabby game, would be Lifeboats. This one is from, he did not fill out any of our stuff. So I don't know what published, um, who makes this This was published weird? most recently by Z-Man. And I don't, I don't know for sure that it's available right now, but here's the thing. Um, there's like a million used copies uh, of this game that are available to buy because uh, this game ruins friendships and is a great way to end a convention. Oh, that's a pretty good assessment because... This game is absolutely nothing but being mean to people. You are voting every round on which boat's going to get a hole in it. And once you've decided which boat that is, then you're going to vote on who gets thrown out of the boat. So you're voting on... And you, you'll have some of your dudes in a variety of the different boats. You might have one in all of them. You might have you know them concentrate in certain places. And so you're gonna be voting on sinking the other boats and then then you're gonna be voting on throwing people overboard so this game is mean-spirited from the beginning to the end there's nothing not mean-spirited about this game so if you don't like those kinds of games then and i'm not saying that this game is responsible for any uh ruined relationships or friendships or uh any kind of ships other than the ships that are part of the game um I have just seen I, I've seen this game get very heated and as long as you can leave your feelings in the box when you're done playing. And I feel like I have a, a pretty good track record of doing that. Um, th then it shouldn't be a problem because yeah, like, like John D said, so it, it, basically each turn you're going to, you have cards that have colors. Um, and then there's also a, a captain's hat thing that we'll, we'll get into later, but you vote on which colored boat is going to move which colored boat is going to spring a leak. And if that boat that springs a leak is at full capacity, which colored player color player color is going to get kicked out of the boat player color. And then uh, <clears throat> you also have to like play switcheroo and Oh no, I fell out of the boat. I better swim over to the next one. It is a very mean cutthroat game. Um, the original, I think German title was each man for himself. And that's absolutely how it how it seems, because you might forge an alliance with someone. So like if uh, me, Jondi and Jeremy are all in a boat together, well, obviously we're going to vote out Jondi. But if it's me, Jeremy and Kat in a boat, well, obviously we're going to vote out Jeremy. So it really just like the voting is so swingy, dependent on who's in the boats, what kind of deals you can t totally lie about, because there's there's no deals in this game. This is deal or no deal, except that it's no deal or uh, no deal. Yeah, you are the weakest link. I, that, I don't know. That, that, that was a different show. Work. That was a different show. It was. <clears throat> it was. 
Uh, eight out of ten cats does countdown. What? Oh, I thought we were just naming British. I thought we were just. Oh, okay. I thought we were. I, I don't know. I thought we were doing a bit, Jondi. Okay. Well, I just that weakest link thing popped into my head. Uh-huh. Okay. Because well, you were talking no, about. No. Yep. Yep. Uh. <laughs> anyway. If you like your friends, don't play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you like your friends, play this game. It just depends on that. It's so good. It's really great. At a full player count, it is so much more cutthroat. It it was probably my least favorite of the games we played for this episode, though. That's absolutely fair. That is 100% fair. Like, I don't dislike backstabby games. I I like them generally. But uh, of all the games that we played, this is the one I would probably get back to the table the least. Now, having said that, do you want to start an official tournament every year at Gen Con and whoever wins gets to go home without all of their friends? I do not. Ooh. Well, I already signed up. But you, you go up. ahead. You can do that. Okay. Cool. Can you hear my cat purring? Uh, I can hear something, but I, I don't know. I couldn't identify it as a cat purring. But I yes. guess, yeah. Yeah. He's like hanging out right by the mic and purring. Um, anyway, if you want to get a copy of Lifeboats, they, they're they out there. They're a little bit pricey um, just because it has been out of print for so long, but they're not like astronomical, ridiculous hundreds of dollars. And, you know, maybe maybe check out a copy at your favorite uh, board game convention. They probably have one in their library. Yeah, the, the, that, that is very likely. It's a great game to play once. Okay, well, speaking of great games to play once, let me ask you a question. Do I like dexterity games? Let me answer a question. Uh, no. Um, no, I hate dexterity games. They're probably my least favorite kind of game, um, which is why I have so many of them. Yeah. Um, let me tell you guys about a great dexterity game that uh, only fits into this episode because there's a boat involved. It's called Riff Raff, and it's it's a dexterity game where I'm honestly not sure exactly what's going on here. Um I guess you're a pirate. Um, but anyway, you, um, you take turns. You have cards that are numbered one through ten. You pick a card, and that location corresponds to a location on the boat. The lower numbers are lower on the boat, and the higher numbers are higher on the boat. Um, and it's like a 3D wooden boat that's on a gimbal, so it's it's weighted. Well, it's supposed to be weighted evenly. And, you know, you stack these things on the on the the, the masts and the yard arms. Um, and there's there's different wooden pieces and they all have different weights. So each player starts off with the same, I think, eight items. And um, so you choose your card. Everyone simultaneously reveals the card. Highest number goes first. You put your piece on. Let's say like you want to put your treasure chest on one. Cool. Great. That's probably pretty easy. You want to put a heavy thing at the top. Not so easy. So if you tip the pieces, if you tip the ship over and pieces fall off and you catch them, they're removed from the game. If you do not catch them and they hit the table, those are your items that you then have to place on subsequent turns. And let me tell you, if you knock pieces over, you're probably not going to win. Yeah. Uh, so you said you weren't sure what was going on thematically. You, If you recall, we kind of started reading like the little story in the rule book. And you're on a ship and there's a storm going on. And so all of your cargo is blowing, is like going all over the place. And so that's why the ship's like, moving around and things are falling off the mast. And I mean, I don't know why you have wine up on the mast, but apparently you do. (laughs) Right. That's the part that I'm confused about. Uh, Why would you keep a crate full of things at the very top of the boat? 
Right, right. Maybe the wind blew it up there. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe. Do you remember? Do you remember the movie Twister when they it blew a cow back and forth? I mean, that's that's real life. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, John D. Um, <laughs> um, that movie killed my parents, and I really don't appreciate you bringing it up. I think you just like totally ruined the mood, but N- no, yeah. no, because my parents are alive. Um, so yeah, there's like there's. Like Johnny was saying, yeah, I don't know if it's wine. It looks like a Final Fantasy potion bottle. Um, but yeah, there's there's that. There's like a barrel. There's a rat. There's a, just a, a, a little sailor man. And your goal is just to get rid of your pieces and be the first one to do so. Yep. It's it's a fun it's a fun game. It's not an easy one to get a hold of. I think you picked it up at Origins, right? I bought it at Gen Con. I'm. I'm pretty sure it was Origins, like the first one that we went, first or second one that we went to together. Well, I don't remember for sure, but yeah, uh, it looks like there are some copies for sale in the Board Game Geek Geek Market. There was one listed less than a week ago that says like new. I don't know what that means. It means it's like new. Well, okay. There's also one that's listed from four years ago that says that it is also like new. So take your pick. Um, but here's the deal. If you don't want to have to hunt this game down, you can get Gravity Warfare. Is it a similar game or is it just so another dexterity it's, game? It's not. It's it's basically Bambolio, but in space. But it's close enough that like, OK, instead of a um, like 3D ship, it's just more like the letter C. And you're not really playing cards to get rid of your pieces the fastest. But it, it is a dexterity game, and it's on a thing that balances, um, and it has chopsticks, so you can place the pieces more, more carefully. Um, but no, it's then. it's not the same game, but you also can't get Bambolio very easily. You can't get Hamster Roll very easily. So when people are like, "Oh, that's a that's a cool game. I want to get that," well, you can, or you can just get a game that kind of feels like these games in so far as it's a dexterity game that has something more going on than just stacking stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not really a suitable replacement. Okay. That's because I, I, that's what I thought it was more like Bambolio. It so. is more like Bambolio, but the, as far as I know, there's nothing that, you know, I can't say it like, Oh, you like Riff Raff get Bliff Blaff. Cause it's the same game. <laughs> Bliff Blaff. Okay. Uh, the last game that we're going to talk about today I think it's the last one. Yes, yeah. it's the last one. Is Northwind, and this one is uh, I don't know who makes this one either. Well, you did not. It's either published that. by Z-Man or by Cosmos, depending on uh, which printing you want to get. Fair. So this one, Jared feels like it's a re-implementation of Starship Catan. Yeah. I have never played Starship Catan, so I can't agree or disagree there now i'm not saying starfarers Uh of Catan, the one with the really cool plastic ships and you shake them up um starfarers of Catan was a card-based game that is basically exactly this cool well i i thought this one had some really cool mechanics in it like what what kind of game game is this johnny oh well it's a press your luck game wait what a press your luck well it's not a press your luck game yeah you how okay so here's how the game works. On your turn, there are three ports of call that you can set sail from. What you do is you flip over one. 
if it's a, 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 a trading place, you can choose to go there. You can only do two trading actions per turn. So maybe you're like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to keep going. So you flip over the next one. Nope, don't do that one. Keep going. I can. I, my move speed is five right now. I can do five locations. Let's keep going. Oh, I got a fog. Okay, well, I have a choice. Do I want to run away from the pirates that are probably there, or do I want to try to fight the pirates that are there? Okay, cool. I'm going to I'm gonna roll the dice and try to get it. All right, cool. I won. Let's keep going. It's, it's literally a press your luck game because you can, you press your luck on how far you want to go on your journey. I guess I, okay. I'll give that to you. I I didn't feel particularly like, a, Oh, like I'm not saying that it's luck. a really good example of a press your luck game, but that is what that mechanic is. Okay. That's fair. There I just, are much better press your luck games. I, I liked this game a lot, but I didn't feel like I was playing a press your luck game. That's probably a good thing because that means that it wasn't uh, unfair and totally dependent on luck. Right. So a really cool component of this game is your player board is a big old 3D ship. That's pretty awesome. I mean, there's no other reason for this ship to exist other than the fact that it's fun and it's your player board. Yeah. So you put like your your food meeples and your people meeples and all of the your the captains that you the pirate captains that you uh, uh, capture they all like fit into little slots on your ship and then you have to like take them to the different islands to complete tasks. Yeah, because this is a resource uh, like trading game. Yes. Yes. And so you're really just trying to get different resources in order to complete tasks. There's three islands that you're going to and the. Different islands require different things to complete their tasks. And the first person, depending on how many players you were playing with, the first person to get either eight or ten tasks, depending on your number of players, wins. And at first, it's kind of a slow start because, like, at first, like, nobody has the resources they need and it's hard to get those tasks. But once a few tasks are, like, once a few rounds have gone through and people start, like, having those resources, the rest of the game goes pretty quickly. I would say that the best part of the game is the 3D boat. Uh, and I, again, John D is absolutely correct here. There's no reason for this to exist other than if they sold it to you without it, it would just be like 20 tiles or cards and some, some wooden cubes. So I think at some point someone said, Hey, what if, hear me out? What if we make a cool 3d boat for you to put your meeples on? So they did. Yeah. It's a real, it's, it's fun game. I enjoyed this one. Um, this one's like in my top two for this episode. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty good, John D. Yep. That's pretty I mean, high it's praise. Basing off of my enjoyment of the games and I, I enjoyed all of them, but I really liked this one and I really liked Dragon Boats. And I think those two are the two out of these five games. Those are my two like top picks. Okay. I think that sounds good. Uh, I mean, Riff Raff will always be, uh, a high high listing game for me because it is a dexterity game and lifeboats also will be because I just love, I personally do not have a problem playing a game like this and putting my feelings in the box when we're done with the game and just leaving them in there. But I know that not everybody plays games like that. So I don't expect this game to be everyone's favorite, but I enjoy it. Um, Dragon Boats, uh, you know, I've already gone over how I felt about that. And Mississippi Queen, I thought, is a really nice twist on the racing genre. Yeah. Overall, it's been 
anyway, it was it was a good it was a really fun five games. So yeah, uh, we were on a boat, sort of, in a game. Yeah, I'm flipping Any burgers. You straight into? flipping flipping floppies. Um, yes, but I can't get my um, Chrome won't let me click. Can you hear me clicking? I can, I but while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about the one that I'm excited about. Okay. Uh, I talked about this a while back and said when the Kickstarter was up, I would talk about it again. So Wonderland's War from Skybound Games is a bag builder style game. like a pre It's a press your luck bag builder game. And it has got absolutely gorgeous minis. It's Alice in Wonderland. It's got... Um, uh, I can't think of the artist's last name. Manny, that does the art for Dice Throne, does all the art for this game. It's just absolutely really fantastic art. And the game is really fun. So uh, if you watch the Man vs. Meeple round one, um, I actually am in that episode playing, which is why I know the game, because I played it. I've actually played it twice. I played it when it was an earlier prototype, uh, and uh, now this version of it. So basically the game has like two two parts of a round. The first part is the tea party, and that's when you're getting the things that are gonna go into your bag. And then the second part is when all of the characters of Wonderland are going to war, fighting over like the different parts of Wonderland. Wait, is that why it's called so, Wonderland's War? It is, that's why it's Wonderland's War. Uh, it's a really, really fun game. And they've unlocked a lot of really cool stretch goals. Um, they've added the Cheshire Cat as a playable character, because of course they did, right? So it's it's a great game. It's an expensive game to get, but I guarantee it's 100% worth it. So if you got the money to spare, back this game and thank me later. Okay, I got Chrome to let me click on things again. So I'm ready. <clears throat> okay, ask me ask me what Kickstarters I've got. What Kickstarter do you have? Well, great. I'm glad that you've asked, John D, because do you remember about a year ago when we talked about rival restaurants? A game where you manage a restaurant? Yes. Ah, well, great. Uh, I, I Thank you for saying yes. I don't know if you actually remember it, but th thank you for I yes do. ending. Um, they are back on Kickstarter with a reprint and an expansion. Yes, I actually saw that the other day. Yeah. But I am backing three games on Kickstarter right now for like well over $300 worth of game. Oh. So... No more games for John D. Great. <laughs> on Kickstarter right now. Well, uh, I'm going to make that situation way worse. Um, so Rival Restaurants has a, has a, they're doing a second Kickstarter with an expansion called Back for Seconds. Do you get it? Because it's their second. Because it's a restaurant and you eat there and you yeah. have seconds when you eat. Yeah. Yes. Um, we get it. <clears throat> so anyway, um, you know, uh, if you want to get. I don't remember what I said about the game the first time that it was on Kickstarter. Uh, so I'm not going to, you know, talk more about it and rehash all that stuff. But I will say that if you like food games and restaurant games and management games, there's a bunch of new recipes and I think like five, six new chefs, uh, four new restaurants, five new chefs, uh, 24 new restaurant cards. So It'll add more to the game, obviously. And if you back it real quick, there's a um, like replacement box, a wooden insert uh, that they're calling the bento box. So if you're into, um, you know, uh, custom inserts, go go look at that. 
But who cares about that, right? Because I'm here today to tell you about Batman the Animated Series Adventures. Return to the animated series of Gotham City as Batman in the next entry in the Adventures Universal Game System. John D. Hey. Hey, John D. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you remember the Ninja Turtles board game? Yep. From IDW? Yep. Um, It's that, but Batman. But it's the 90s Batman cartoon Help. Yeah, see, that's cool. Help, but I help, all in, help, all in bundle, help. No. Help, I'm, help, yeah, I'm all no. in, help. Um, yeah, I don't want to, I don't even <clears throat> want to play that. This is a uh, cooperative, uh, I guess, I guess you'd call it like a miniatures game, but it's not really, I mean, it sort of is, it has miniatures, but it's not like a tactical tabletop war game. Um, it, it's kind of like a, a spin on the zombie side formula. Um, but it has all of the 1990s, like Kevin Conroy, Batman stuff. Uh, so, you know, if you want to play as Kevin Conroy, Batman, and you can play as somehow, don't ask me how you can play as Jim Gordon. Uh, <laughs> you can do that. You can fight evil Mark Hamill Joker. Oh, no. Uh, this looks great. And they are saying and I don't know how it'll work because I didn't read that whole thing. Um, that there's going to be integration. All of the games in this system are going to be compatible. So you should be able to mix and match Batman with Ninja Turtles. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've already played that Ninja Turtles game like nine times. I don't really need to play that again. Um, even if that's it's fair. different characters. That's fair. I am super excited about it uh, because check this out. John D, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Do you see this on my screen? You can. No, you can. I'm. <laughs> No, no, I know. Not there know. with you. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of stuff here. Um, they've got uh, what? The, these, these are their numbers. I'm just going to read them off. 22 unique sculpts, 40 total miniatures, 24 co-op and competitive battles, 23 custom dice, 155 pieces of original art. Um, so yeah, you can play as you can play as Batman, Commissioner Gordon, Batgirl, Robin, Catwoman, and then you scroll all the way down here, and they've got your unlocked stuff. Um, Alfred Pennyworth. Don't ask me how you're going to play as Alfred. I don't know. Um, uh, okay, here we go. I don't know. Have you seen Alfred Alfred in Gotham? He's pretty... No, I didn't watch that show because Batman's not in it. Um, you also get Grey Ghost. Uh, you get Zatanna as a hero that you can play as. That's crazy. Um, you get... Um, oh, my... What? You can... You, there's so much stuff here, guys. Um, I am not seeing, and I'm sure this is something that I've overlooked... I don't know that Harley Quinn is here. Oh, there she is. Okay. I was going to say, you can't have the 90s Batman cartoon without Harley. But she's there. Don't worry. Um, this is... The, it's a lot. And I might have accidentally bought it all. So, um, hooray. Well, cool. You you can play it, Johnny. When it gets here, um, I'll let you play it. Um, it. I've got like an exclusive... There's Kickstarter exclusive stuff that comes with like... I don't think it comes with like Condiment King in any really cool uh, joke uh, villains, but you get like a, a Bruce Wayne as a playable character in addition to Batman as a playable character. I don't know. Um, Bane and Batwoman. I mean, it's just. If you like the 90s Warner Brothers Batman cartoon, and also if you like the Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past whatever it was called, board game, then this is absolutely for you. 
Yeah, look at this. Jervis Ted. Oh, my okay, God. okay. You have Clock talked King. enough about the Batman game. So, until next time, Jared. Until next time, you can back this game on Kickstarter. Okay. Anyway, you can eat chit. And dice. Okay. I'm done. I, I have to go. Okay. You get Alfred Pennyworth. You get villains. Okay. I'm going to hang up now. It's only $225. Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution non-commercial share alike 4.0 international.